welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. The Holy Gospel according to John, the third chapter. John writes, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly I say to you, we speak of what we know, and bear witness to what we have seen. But you do not receive our testimony, If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated as we spend a couple of moments together. Considering uh, this uh, uh, well-known account, uh, it is well-known, though only told in John's Gospel, uh, between Jesus and a Pharisee, helping us understand that the Pharisees were not of one mind regarding Jesus. And clearly the story of Nicodemus's nighttime encounter with Jesus Uh, is among the most discussed and thoughtfully dissected exchanges in the whole of the New Testament. John identifies Nicodemus as a Pharisee. 
of some standing among first century Jewish people. And Nicodemus, knowledgeable of and intrigued by the miracles attributed to Jesus, John tells of a nocturnal visit to discuss with Jesus the things of God. The conversation gave rise to discussion of what it means to be born again as rendered in the English Standard Version or is, I'm sad to say, in Greek equally appropriately translated born from above. We just can't parse out meaning beyond that. But the discussion also evolved into uh, insight into the true nature of God's saving activity in the world. Now, much has been made over the status of Nicodemus' own spiritual condition uh, at the time of this conversation, curious we know, uh, moved by what he had heard and what he had seen of Jesus. But much has been made over Nicodemus' own spiritual condition, often linking the Pharisees' nighttime visit, the nature of the visit being at night, to some form of spiritual darkness. And metaphorically speaking, perhaps, I don't know, uh, I know that uh, we know that uh, John was very intrigued by the interplay and relationship between light and darkness, light and darkness. And in fact, immediately following the text you've just heard, if you read on, uh, Jesus' final words with Nicodemus having to do with how it was that uh, humanity is, uh, loves the darkness even more than the light. And, and so uh, the opening of John's Gospel, uh, if you recall, uh, also talking about light and darkness. And so um, a very typical uh, Johannine thing to try to uh, uh, be sure to include for us uh, information that this took place in the dark, in the dark. Now, um, could have been that Jesus was just easier to locate at night once he had uh, ceased his travels during the day. We just don't know. But nevertheless, this passage, again, is unique to John's Gospel, and as you also know, gave rise, has given rise to one of the New Testament's most memorable of verses, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In simplest of terms, I want to suggest this morning that John 3.16 is another reminder that it was God who acted in the world to restore the world to righteousness. Okay? God is the actor who restores the world to righteousness through Jesus Christ. Why? Because the world, you see, could no longer lay claim or held any claim to righteousness of its own. Righteousness ever remains the province of God's own initiative, never the product of right thoughts, right actions, right intentions, or any level of exertion. For God so loved the world, places that initiative wholly in the hands of God. And again, the text does not read, for the world so loved God that the people made sufficient efforts that they should be righteous. 
Any model like that would inevitably leave the world defined by self-righteousness. And self-righteousness is not the solution. It is the problem. Such efforts. Jesus reminded Nicodemus that we can no more control the activity of God than one can choose to be born again, reborn. Or then you can choose to control the wind. I thought about this earlier this week when we had those 50 mile an hour winds blowing. 50 mile an hour winds blowing as I was crossing 40 pound children across the street there. And the wind just buffeted them and blew them around and they found it fascinating. And I thought of this text. We can no more control the activity of God than those children could the wind. Taking the possibility further out of human hands, Jesus said, unless you are born again, unless you are born from above, no one, no one can control the activity of God. And any hope of eternal life, therefore, any hope of a right relationship with God rests in God's hands. God acted in the world to restore the world to righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ. Where there was need, God once more provided the way. Jesus recognizes this. As Jesus would later say, in fact, of himself, I am the way and the truth and the life. Consider the easily overlooked imagery just before the words of John 3.16, they, they attract our attention to them that sometimes we, we fail to make the association between what we know this Lenten season is on the horizon, just over the horizon for Jesus. Just after John 3.16, the words, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For once before acting through Moses, God provided the way. See, God acted. When they were bitten by serpents, God provided the way for his chosen to live in spite of their disobedience. And Jesus linked that lifting up of Moses' bronze serpent to his own impending sacrifice, saying, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus saw God active in saving his chosen, first the children of Israel in the wilderness, and now in those days, anyone who would come to believe in him. For Jesus, God's way of saving his chosen meant the cross. And what motivated such an act? In a single word, love. God's love. God's sacrificial love lived out through the Son. I know of no other people whose experience of God, their God, was predicated upon that God's sacrificial love. We as human beings have a history of trying to understand God. Cultures, generations, ages, geographic variation. It is part of human nature to want to understand the nature of God. But in all the world I know of no other people whose experience of God is predicated upon that God's sacrifice. 
that God's sacrifice, God's sacrificial love. And there are plenty of angry gods out there. Many deities dedicated to this or that. Romans had them by the sackful. And thousand more have come and dissolved into the sands of time. There were gods created to answer questions or calm fears. But I know of only one known by such love as this, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And so it is, the question might be asked, where did Nicodemus come out on this? Where did Nicodemus come out after his discussion with Jesus? And I do not know. John never tells us. We do know that the conclusion of Nicodemus's conversation with Jesus sees a return to that Johannine narrative that was so popular in that gospel, the fourth gospel, and that was the discussion of darkness and light, darkness and light. Jesus's final words to Nicodemus were to remind the learned Pharisee that the light had come into the world, even as Jesus lamented the fact that men seem to love darkness more than light. The degree, the degree of humanity's darkness was yet to be revealed, but it soon would be. Eclipsing John in preaching and baptizing, Jesus' fate was becoming ever more certain to him, and he would share it with the disciples, even though they did not understand Jesus was about to die. The question would soon test the depth of that God's love of which I speak for a world such as ours that seemed then and seems now ever so fascinated by the darkness in spite of the fact that we were created and called into the light. Would God act in the world to restore the world to righteousness even after it had crucified the Son of God? Well, only time would tell. For you see, soon a scene of terrible beauty would be played out on a little hill beyond the walls of Jerusalem. And then it would be decided. And so it is we continue our consideration of the passion of the Christ this Lenten season. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.